This is the LarryandFishers.com podcast. My name is Larry Lannon, and I'm glad to welcome once again the Director of Fishers Parks and Recreation. That would be Sarah Sandquist. Sarah, welcome once again. Great to have you back. Thanks for having me. This and, is a new format for you a little oh, bit, right? The audio is still there for people who prefer yeah. that. I'm trying the video, and and, and believe me, I, 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 I was very reluctant to go video. I'm a, <laughs> I have a face for radio, so I always like to, that was always my preferred medium. What I would like to talk about, and I spent a little time early on in this podcast, I want to talk about things coming up this year, but uh, I just saw your presentation uh, before the city council uh, dealing with Geist Waterfront Park, and and I think it, it sometimes people forget about it. It's just taking so long to get all the permits and there's so much I was talking to the mayor some time ago and he just ran down all the different permits and and hoops that, that have to be gone through before this this park uh, becomes reality. You talked about the first phase. I think there's a phase 1A and 1B. I kind of lost track of that. So, um first I have a lot of specific questions. Just explain um what's going on at this time, where you're at on the whole plan for the Geist Waterfront Park. For those who don't know, it's going to be the only public space on Geist Lake as we as it stands right now. So That's please, correct. So please uh, just, just tell us where we're at. Absolutely. So you're right. It has been um, a long time coming, and we still have a little bit of time before the park opens to the public, um, but we're getting closer. So uh, just to give a little background, um, the city obtained the property back in uh, 2018. Um, We conducted a um, master plan uh, process. We sought uh, community feedback. We hosted a lot of public input sessions, um, developed a master plan with those uh, desires in mind. uh, And they, they really matched what we were kind of thinking about what this park could be, but Um, In short, you know, this is going to be a a nature-based park, Um, so we won't have uh, ball fields here, we won't have an amphitheater, we won't have motorized boat access, Um, we will will have a large beach, there will be playground features, Um, it's 70 acres, so it's a huge park, Um, and as you mentioned, it's the only public access to the water. Uh, So we went through the master plan process, and then uh, in the past year, we've been um, in design for phase one. And as you mentioned, too, yeah, there are a couple phases with, or a couple portions of phase one. Uh, There's phase 1A, and that is what we have just started construction on this past week. Um, And really, that is uh, the, the entrance gate, the perimeter fencing, a lot of work underground, a lot of earthwork uh, to prep the site to, for phase 1B. Uh, and and then in phase 1B is where all of the amenities will come in. So that includes a beach that's three times the size of Saxony Beach, a playground, a large event lawn, a restroom facility with concession space, uh, picnic shelters, fishing dock, kayak and canoe launch, um, a large parking lot, you know, really all of the things that the residents are going to come to the park for. And so we split those phases up um, because there is such a large amount of permitting that is going into um, creating a beach, building a beach from scratch, uh, working in with uh, waters of the USA. And some of those permits take up to 180 days to process. 
So we wanted to show forward progression on this park because we know that the community is excited about it and anxious to, to uh, start using it. Um, and so we uh, broke it down into these phases, knowing that we could start construction on um, the gateway elements and the entrance while we're still waiting for approval on some of those permits for phase 1B. And that I want to explore that for a moment because I, I wasn't really sure about this until I saw you present this to the city council, that this will be a gated complex and that uh, residents will have access. You can talk about how that may or may not happen and that people who are non-residents who want to come will pay a fee. You're not sure how much it will be. So you'll have to go through some kind of uh, process to get in. If you're a resident, you'll there'll be a way where you'll be able to get in for free. So, uh, explain what you know about that whole process. Sure. Yeah, that's correct. It will be a gated park, uh, free for residents to enter. We're we're working through the um, the. It'll essentially, if you think about when you go to a parking garage, um, it'll have that same sort of technology where there's a an entry arm and you will swipe uh, either your cell phone or um, a key fob that you have on your keychain um, or possibly even a um, an RFID sticker that's on your dashboard, kind of similar to like if you have a subscription at a car wash. Um, and so you'll come in uh, as a resident, you will uh, swipe that and the entry gate will open. We'll have a resident priority lane. So you won't have to wait for cars ahead of you that might be non-residents needing to uh, complete a transaction at that pay station. You'll just be able to uh, swipe your, your phone or um, however you'd like to use the technology. We'll have a variety of options. And then the gate will open and, uh, and you'll be able to come in and uh, enjoy the park. And then for non-residents, like you said, uh, there will be an entrance fee. It will be for all modes of transportation. Uh, we have a couple pay stations where you, um, where non-residents will be able to pull off to the side and complete their transaction. We'll also have the availability to purchase tickets in advance uh, and then to have that same structure that I mentioned so they could show their cell phone um, with a QR code to scan in and open the gates. And if I recall correctly, most of the time, these gates will not be staffed. It will be automatic the way you described it. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, the staffing plan is for them to be unmanned um, or unstaffed. We will do spot checks uh, and you know require our beach operator to have adequate staffing to be able to do that. Yeah, on the beach, you know, I heard that when you said that this would be three times bigger than Saxony. Now, Saxony is not large. It's not really big, but three times that size is pretty large. So if you're a beach person, you like the beach, and you first come to the Geist Waterfront Park Beach, and it's going to be a while before it opens. We'll talk about that. But what will the beach people see when they show up the first time at Geist Waterfront? Well, I think a big a big difference, um, not just from the size of the beach, but also the quality of sand uh, will be a big difference. I think if you've been to Saxony Beach, you know that the sand there is um, a little coarser than uh, than you might like to be under your feet. So uh, when we were um, in the design process, we were intentional on um, selecting uh, a nice silica sand, a couple feet of that. And then the kind of sand that's at Saxony right now is underneath that. Um, so it's still good for digging sandcastles and such, but uh, so you'll have that experience um, really wide open uh, space into the cove. The cove itself is very deep. Um, so as part of construction on the beach, we will, it'll, um, we'll be building a shelf basically. So um 
it'll be a zero depth entry, just like a beach normally is. And then it'll go to about uh, four to five feet at its greatest depth. And then we'll drop off um, the, and there'll be about 20 feet of kind of warning rocks that warn you that it's about to drop off. So you don't just fall right off the edge, but um, but yeah, that water is so deep. So it's really clear and clean and, uh, because it's so deep. Um, and I think you'll just see a lot of activity going on, um, with people swimming, people, um, interacting on the beach, canoes and kayaks and stand up paddle boards, people fishing, um, with the size that we have, it definitely allows for all of those activities to go on at the same time and still have ample space to not feel overcrowded. And there's the plan still is not to have motorized watercraft there. It's Absolutely. kayaking you mentioned, but that's been the plan from the very beginning. If you want to have a boat with motor on it, you're going to have to find another place to keep it or launch it on the, on the lake. Yes. Uh, and I will add too, cause I know there have been a few concerns and maybe um, they'll see this podcast that we are um, working on signage to um, keep kayaks from Geist Waterfront Park uh, out of the canal uh, that is adjacent to the park and and um, shares the property line with Canal Place neighborhood. So okay. um, we know that that's a concern and we are working on that. Uh, you did, uh, this is one thing that struck me too, you talked about all the uh, hoops you have to go through, the permitting, there's a lot that has to be done to create a beach and a, create a, a park right on a waterfront in a lake like Geist. And and you did mention that the the goal is to open the park, at least many parts of it, in twenty twenty three December, the end of twenty twenty three. No, end of uh, construction will be done at the end of twenty twenty two. Two, I wrote it down wrong. Okay, I have good news. It's not twenty. <laughs> it's not twenty twenty three. It's twenty twenty two, which is a year earlier than I thought or had written down. But why will it take even that amount of time? Is it just because of everything you have to do to get things in shape with the state, the federal authorities? Well, yeah, so we'll start construction on that second phase um, that I rattled off all those amenities uh, in September of this year. So, um, you know, at that point, we'll have all of the the permits in place and the approval. It's really just the construction timeline is going to take about a year and a half to complete um, as I mentioned, there's a lot of earthwork that needs to happen to um, to really just shape an old gravel pit into a park um, to construct the beach, to um, you know build the playground, build out the um, the parking uh, lot, the trails that are there. So uh, really, at that point, when we start construction in September, it's it's just the um, the time that it's going to take to make all of that happen. Yeah, if anybody saw that old gravel pit, this is going to be a big project. It's going to look quite different when you're, you're all done with this. You did mention, I hope I wrote this down correctly, a $15.5 million budget for okay. this project. And you seem rather happy that some of the early bids have come in under the estimates. Of course, we, may, we hope that continues, but there's no guarantee of that. So uh, right now you are on or under your budget. Is that correct? That is correct, and uh, we were about twenty-one thousand under on the Phase One A budget. Um, you know, in the grand scheme of things, of fifteen and a half million, that that is a small amount, but we'll take every dollar that we can, um, especially to be able to use it in Phase One B. Um, we feel good about the bids coming in for that phase, but that really is where um, the big chunk of money is coming from, and so we're hoping that um, we are on on track. For uh, to be, uh, at budget. And if we, uh, happen to not be, we might have to push some amenities to, um, 
phase two, but we're hoping at this point that we won't have to. Okay, so that's that's good news. Anything about I've many other things I want to talk about? Anything you want to add on Geist Waterfront before we move on? Um, I will just add that we are uh, planning for a groundbreaking May 7th, and sometime around then we are also planning to do a public input session, Q&A, kind of update, similar to what I just gave at council, but in case there are more specific questions, especially if um, there are uh, neighbors that have have questions. So be on the lookout for that um, coming within the next uh, three or four weeks here. Now, we are recording this on April 21st. This is the day it snowed. But we're going to talk about, and I saw some, it's it's sunny where I live, but we just had a burst of snow and we actually had snow on the ground. It didn't, uh, it wasn't on the streets, but it was all on the grassy areas, which is unusual, not not it's not unheard of totally, but it's, it's very unusual to have that kind. But we are having nice weather. We've had some already. We've got some in the coming up. So that, that springs into life a lot of your programs. And May May first is the start of the farmers market. So the farmers market in 2020 uh, had to suffer through what a lot of programs did, not just around here but around the country. Dealing with the pandemic, you tried to to, to uh, do a situation where people would order and bring the orders out. I understand that you're going to have some kind of ordering program where people can even have it delivered to their home, even with the new one. But you're going to have in-person farmers market like we had the summer before last, and uh, and you're getting the guidelines worked out with the Fisher's Health Department to make sure that you have. Um, a, a good plan to keep everyone as safe as possible, but you'll be able to browse around and go to the various booths, which you'll, you could not do last year. So just explain. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, stop you there. Cause we did, we were um, delayed in opening our market last year. We did our, our uh, d- virtual for the first three weeks, but then we did have an in-person market all oh, summer. That's true. You did have, it was scaled back as I recall, correct? We stretched the footprint, uh, which actually uh, was so successful that we Mm -hmm. are going to continue doing that even after um, COVID is hopefully long gone. Well, let me ask, Uh, what about the number of vendors you're expecting uh, for this year? Will it be close to what we saw two years ago or a year ago? uh, Well, we had uh, almost the same amount of vendors last year as previous years, but we have more vendors this year. So we have um, about 65 vendors that are joining us this year, which is the most we've ever had. Um, we're so excited to uh, open the market again. It was a success of 2020, I'd say, to be able to um, think creatively about how we could offer offer uh, both the, the products to our residents, but also to um, have the vendors have an opportunity to be able to continue to sell, even though... Um, we weren't able to have it in person for those first few weeks. And we are continuing that option, as you mentioned. So we do have online ordering available. It's free delivery. Um, the window uh, ordering window opens every Sunday and it's open until Wednesday. And then we deliver orders um, to Fisher's residents on Saturday mornings. Um, we don't upcharge on the products at all. So it's the same price that you'd pay if you came to the market, um, aside from a 3% service charge for credit cards. But um, but we're not, you know, adding a hefty uh, upcharge onto that like some other uh, uh, services do. 
So it's really a benefit to both our um, residents and to the vendors to um, participate in that. And then also to come out in person to the market. And uh, like I said, we did, we expanded our footprint. So we utilize the entire uh, circle around the amphitheater now. Um, So we still, you know, have a a large chunk of vendors along the main path, but then also extend it um, all the way around to the um, other side where the fountain is. So, yes. And and I'm glad to hear that you have even more vendors. I, I can't go every week, but it's uh, one of my favorite things to do on a Saturday morning. Is And you'll have music, as you've had in the past. Uh, I just uh-huh. uh, posted a news release uh, that you uh, sent out today listing all the acts that are going to be there on the amphitheater stage. Each week you have that. So I'm sorry I got that wrong. You did have okay. some in-person. No, I, no, that's okay. I will. I, Can know, I add a couple other plugs about this year's market that we're really excited about? Um, so we, uh, have expanded our biz kids, uh, day. We have a, a, every year we have a biz kids day where we have, um, up to 40, uh, youth vendors that come on site and sell their wares. And we've been so impressed with the quality and quantity of vendors that we actually added a biz kids week every week at the market now. So we are accepting applications, uh, currently, and we'll have three to five vendors, uh, youth vendors every week. And then we'll also still do our big biz kids day uh, later in July. And then uh, we will have our bands back uh, every week on the stage. In the morning before the band gets there, we are also offering free yoga uh, every Saturday. And that that was something that we added last year. And it was really popular. Um, uh, Interested yoga studios can reach out. it's a great opportunity to market your business and it's a free opportunity for the community. Yes. And I, uh, I was there for the first biz kids. That was fun. The, those young kids nice. had, I couldn't believe uh, what they had to offer. So if you go to the farmer's market to either go the big week or just check out whatever biz kids are there, you'll have fun looking at what they have to offer. So, They're so uh, creative yeah. and their booths are just really thought out. Well, um, just the diversity of products is amazing. I, I mean, I've been blown away. Let me move on to something else. This was uh, not hell last year. That was the Spark Fishers Festival. It seems like the Spark Fishers Festival has just kind of been had some bad luck. The <laughs> first year you had it, it was just horribly hot. It really was. And there's nothing you can do about that. I couldn't go the next year because I had to be out of town. And it rained that year. Yep. Of course, we yep. didn't have it last year, so you're definitely due to have some good weather. And it's going to expand to more days than it's been in the past, so you have a better chance of, of checking it out. So so tell us more about what you know of this year's Spark Fishers Festival. Well, we are excited for Spark Fishers this year. Um, it's taking place the last week of June, and we have uh, spread it out throughout the week. So we're doing a week-long celebration, kicking off Tuesday night with our Um, Tuesday night concert. Then we've moved our 5k to Wednesday night of that week. Um, We are, I'm, I'm personally so excited about an evening, a summer 5k in the evening. Um, I think it'll be so fun for families and for runners alike um, to come out. It's unique. It's different than your typical Saturday morning um, 5k. So that's happening on Wednesday. Then Thursday night, we've got our car and art show, um, which, uh, we had kicked off two years ago, um, in, uh, the week before spark with, uh, the farmer's market. And we had great turnout, um, a lot of cars participating, a lot of, uh, people coming to participate in the, 
the show. So think Artomobilia in Carmel, think Arts Crawl um, with a car show. It'll be out on the Central Green and a really cool element um, that we hope to grow in years uh, to come. Then Friday night, we've got our National Act uh, concert and that announcement will come out on Monday, the twenty oh, sixth. Okay. You already answered one of my questions. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not sure when you're publishing this, but uh, uh, look for that in the release. Um, we're excited about the the um, talent that we've booked for that. It's uh, somebody that hopefully people recognize and um, will be excited about as well. And then Saturday is the um, the festival. So starting at three p.m. that day. Uh, we'll have uh, entertainment from uh, the amp stage and a community tent, um, another uh, live music opportunity from the alley in between another broken egg and the switch garage. We'll have um, you know 150 vendors, a parade, um, kids activities, teen zone. Um, although we can't call it teen zone because the teens won't come, but uh, you know what I mean. Um, and uh, fireworks at the end of the night. Well, that was a, that was a question I was going to ask you because I've seen operations like Disney and some big people who are into fireworks stop the fireworks because of the pandemic, at least for now. So you are confident you'll be able to get the fireworks in this summer. Yeah. Do you know why they canceled them? Or I think stopped? it had to it had to do with uh, how close everybody had to be to produce the fireworks, something along those lines. Okay. Uh, so um, you are confident you can get the fireworks in this year. That's good to hear. Uh, Yes. So we are, uh, the fireworks, we shoot them off for spark fishers at Holland park, um, which provides a great viewing area downtown, um, in the municipal complex. So we'll, uh, finish off the evening with fireworks. I want to switch to the amphitheater. I've always been a big fan of, of concerts at the amphitheater. One thing I was very happy about last year is even with everything you were dealing with, you were able to get the blues fest in and yeah. blues fest is something my wife and I enjoy every year. Uh, and, uh, Last I heard, the the amphitheater, the regular concerts would start in June. So tell me what the plans are. I, I don't think you've announced all the the schedule yet. Uh, tell us what's uh, what when you might know that, and just what plans there are for the amphitheater through the entire summer months. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, April twenty sixth is the announcement day for um, all of the uh, for most of the acts. We do not have Blues Fest uh, finalized yet, but we do have the dates for that. So uh, our Tuesday night concerts will return uh, June 1st and run every Tuesday from 7 to 9 p.m. in June and July. And then our Friday night uh, tribute date night kind of uh, concerts will uh, kick off the first week of July on July 2nd and run every Friday in July and August. So we have crossover in July July for the Tuesday and the Friday night uh, shows. And, uh, and then we will also be doing a concert on July 4th uh, with a fireworks show uh, afterwards, also shot from Holland Park. And then additionally, we are um, also shooting fireworks that evening from Geist Waterfront Park mm. with viewing areas uh, along Oleo Road. Now, I've heard the blast on the bridge is back, but the dates may be different. Tell me what you know about that. Uh, yeah, we are shifting that event. Uh, it actually had made the decision decision to shift the event back in the fall. Um, July 4th is a really difficult time to host an event on in an already very busy area. Uh, and so uh, I had met with 
public safety and um, the marina and the businesses in the marina back in the fall. And we had all decided that moving it to September makes a lot more sense uh, in terms of capacity and resource allocation. So um, it will have a new name. Um, it is scheduled for this year to be on September 11th. And uh, we will um, feature a remembrance of, since it's the 20th anniversary of September 11th, we'll feature a remembrance. And, um, you know, I really would like to see the event happen as uh, an opportunity to bring the community together. Um, very similar to, to what happened after that tragic event. Um, you saw a lot of communities coming together, uh, reaching out to their neighbors and um, providing support. Uh, we will pair it with, uh, you know, opportunities to contribute to um, local food pantries and nonprofits, um, really kind of mirroring the after effect that uh, we had in 2001 um, after uh, September 11th. And then, uh, and then we will have we will celebrate together as a community. Well, uh, switching to something else, uh, summer camp season is coming up. Is there still time to sign up? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we've got a variety of summer camps. We have some new summer camps as well uh, at the Agri Park this year, and then also at the Maker Playground, uh, which is our going to be our new headquarters here in about a month. Uh, out of the hub and spoke building. And then we have our um, fan favorites also available um, at uh, camps at Holland Park, at Billericay Park, and at uh, Ritchie Woods Nature Preserve. I believe the majority of camps at Ritchie Woods are full with wait lists, but we do have um, spots available still at Holland and Billericay. And then I uh, can't also forget that we have full day camps available at Cumberland Road Elementary. And we've expanded those camps this year. Uh, we've got eight weeks of it this year. We had um, launched those two years ago with just four weeks and they were um, overwhelmingly uh, popular. And so we've expanded to eight. Um, so our camps are available for ages uh, four up to, I believe uh, some of the opportunities at Hub and Spoke are up to age 12. Um, the majority of stuff is ages four to four to 10. And uh, obviously, yeah, still available for registration. We'll take registration up to a week before the camp opens if there's still space. You know, one you've already mentioned this, but one program you have in the Parks Department that is near and dear to the mayor's heart is the Agri-Park. For a man who grew up on a North Dakota farm, obviously that's something he has always uh, been very happy about and pleased with. So just talk a little more about the Agri-Park and what's available there. Yeah, we are entering into year two of the Agri-Park. We've been very busy uh, during the winter with making some uh, site amendments and uh, doubling the amount of parking that we have, adding quite a bit of fencing to enclose some areas, provide a little bit more direction on when you get there, kind of what's open, what's not, not open at the time. Uh, we've doubled the size of our nature playground. We're planting uh, twice as much produce this year as we did last year. And uh, Trevor, our, our farmer, was just lamenting today that we have a bunch of stuff planted that very well might need to be replanted <laughs> after the snow that we had today. Um, but we uh, will have a, a few more animals this year than we had last year. So we'll have um, some goats and some chickens adding into the mix of cow, course, and uh, uh, sheep. And, uh, you know, really, we just we had a really great successful year last year uh, as year one. We opened to the public uh, late in August 
And we just had overwhelming response from the community. Um, people want to know more about it. People want to be out there. They want to get involved. They want to have produce. They want to, you know, pick produce. Um, they want to know what to do with it too. Cause we grew a few things that they were like, huh, what's that? Um, so we just are looking to continue to expand wherever we can and, and provide an educational opportunity to the, to the community. We've also expanded our hours as well. Um, so we will be open uh, Tuesday, Wednesdays from 10 to 2, and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday from Sunday. Oh, shoot. I should have reviewed this. Uh, from uh, 10 to 6, I it's think avail- it is. It's available online. You can online, yeah. <laughs> double, check, double check me online. Don't quote me here. But, yeah, uh, just really excited to open on May 1st. Uh, as people start to get back into the parks, and there are parks all over the city, obviously, uh, what changes will people see? Anything you might want to point out that uh, might be different uh, in any of the parks that you can just mention quickly? Well, uh, one difference is that our restrooms will be open this year. I know that they were closed for a long period of time last year. Um, so those uh, actually should all be open at this point. I'm uh, pushing to get uh, drinking fountains turned on. I don't have the approval yet from the health department, but we are um, we are watching for that uh, when we think it'll be appropriate to, to get those turned back on. Um, just in terms of masking, uh, you know, I would say follow the local guidelines. I know our mask mandate, I think, has expired or will expire soon. So, um, you know, you're outside. It's really up to, to you, your own discretion on whether you... Um, feel like uh, wearing a mask is appropriate or not at the park. Um, I believe it's a strong suggestion, not a, not a requirement at the moment. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and late last year or sometime last year, we did install hand sanitizer stations pretty much um, at every park and near the playground and then throughout those parks. So those will remain, those are permanent fixtures. Um and uh, our splash pads will come on uh, in, usually they come on Labor, not Labor Day, Memorial Day weekend. If it is um, particularly warm leading up to that, we might turn them on a little bit early, um, but typically Labor Day, I said it again, uh, t- typically Memorial Day weekend is when we turn those on. Yes, yeah, so I, I, sometimes I used to live close to Billericay Park and I always enjoyed seeing the kids out in the splash pad, especially on a hot day. I've tried to ask about a number of things. Is there anything you'd like to add before we wrap this up? Oh, gosh. Well, I kind of mentioned that we are moving our headquarters. I'll talk a little bit about um, moving to Hub and Spoke and the Maker Playground. Um, So Fisher's Parks is moving um, and opening the Maker Playground at Hub and Spoke. It's a 15,000 square foot uh, space within the Hub and Spoke building where we are going to open a maker space as well as we'll have four classrooms for uh, public use and where we will also offer STEAM-based programming, that's science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. And uh, we have some summer camps already planned for that. Um, In the makerspace, we'll have a wood shop, we'll have a metal shop with welding opportunities, uh, 3D printers, laser cutters, CNC machines, um, just a lot of really cool equipment and uh, that'll be membership-based. So uh, memberships will be available both at a professional level and a basic level that include, um, the basic level includes uh, most of those things I mentioned. The professional includes the welding um, space and some of the advanced machinery. 
And uh, we have a grand opening scheduled for May 22nd for that. So it'll be May 22nd uh, from 2 p.m. to 7 p.m. Well, moving is never easy, but uh, I've been in your headquarters that you have now on Brick School Road. And to say you're a little cramped is an overstatement or understatement, I should say, because you're a little cramped there with the staff you have. So I assume you'll have more space at Hub and Spoke. Yes, yes. And we are definitely looking forward to um, moving into such a beautifully designed uh, space and being part of that community. Well, I want to thank you, Sarah. Always good to talk to you. You've had plenty to talk about this time. You got to correct me a couple of times, which, you know, my wife's used to that, so it's not a problem. And I went and I appreciate that you correcting me when I needed to be. But Sarah is the director of the Fishers Parks and Recreation Department. And as you can see, her shop is very busy, and that's good for the whole community. Sarah, thank you very much for coming back and joining me today. Thanks so much for having me.